This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible has over 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word products. Get a free 30-day trial by signing up today at audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. Thanks, Audible, for supporting the Satellite Sisterhood. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California, with my sister Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. And this is our weekly recap of the CBS drama, Madam Secretary. We are always happy to talk about the show because we enjoy watching it so much. Julie, how are you there in Dallas? I'm good, Leanne. I I thought this was an excellent episode. Uh, Really, all I remember of the episode is that super cute uh, British boyfriend (laughs) that Stevie has. I mean, I am so happy about that character. Okay. No, I do. I do remember other parts of the episode, but I'm just <laughs> saying this is a new highlight for me. Okay, I'm good. Super cute boyfriend. Excellent. All right. The episode name was something like Okay. You know what, writers of Madam Secretary, we're trying to do a recap here. Okay, yes. give us a name that we can pronounce, and we'd be happy to pronounce it. So we we learned the significance of the episode title and the name in the very last scene, but uh, it's unpronounceable either way. But that's fine. That's fine. Right. We learned it's a very unusual name. So unusual, we'll never be able to pronounce it. But it, this episode, it, it looks like it's the beginning of a multi-episode story arc uh, to bring down the leader of an ISIS-like terrorist organization. And the terrorist organization is called something like H something, S something. So we're just going to call it HS like they do on the show. Okay. I think that's good, Leanne, because yes, they're responsible for the dirty bomb that almost killed the the super cute Tim Daly. Okay. We can't have that. No, I mean, Madam Secretary has to go get the man that almost took out her man. You bet. Uh, So clearly we're going to be following. It's like a zero dark 30 like trail to the HS leader responsible for that dirty bomb set off in D.C. His name is Gibral Desai. So we know that he's the most wanted terrorist in the world. And uh, and so that that looks like we're setting up for two or three episodes, at least on this storyline. But, um, Julie, what I liked about this episode, it was just full of can do phrases, you know. We uh-huh. had some good Washington phrases. Tip of the spear, code name, hunter killer teams. Good. I like this is not the this is the US, not the UN. It was a good line. Uh-huh. Joint naval exercise and I'm gonna read you in. That's a classic. I wish someone would say that to me once. <laughs> Don't you? <laughs> really? You know you've made it in the world when someone says, I'm gonna read you I'm in. I'm gonna read you in. And then I literally we watch the show with notepads, both of us. We take down our notes, formulate uh-huh. our thoughts. So I was just writing down the phrase ticking clock when Russell said clock's ticking. <laughs> <laughs> So we got it all. Just can tip of the spear to clock sticking. And then we didn't just get that. We got a lot of timely and topical issues. So that's for for sure, Liam. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how the topics that are covered on Madam Secretary mirror what's happening in world events. I mean, I know they do it on purpose, but they, they have an extraordinary ability to really kind of set the tone for the show that just is so timely and topical. So in this episode, we covered refugees seeking asylum, post-traumatic stress disorder, 
junior senator seeking glory, yeah, son of an immigrant bashing immigrants, first day of work jitters. Uh, Henry's going back to work at his big new job, and he was a scared. And then um, dinner with the Reds, a classic, yes, <laughs> time honored tradition. Okay, so we know we're going on a multi-episode mission, but we have Elizabeth's shiny, bouncy hair that just won't quit, and we're going to find Osama bin Laden. I mean, Gibraltar to say. Okay, we're going to do it. So it starts with, uh, in Libya, which I like when they do that, start in a foreign country, we get the backstory, Uh, it's a ship of refugees, they're about to sink off the Italian coast when one of the refugees whispers to the captain of the ship, I've seen the emir. And we know that this is code for they've seen this terrible terrorist, this uh, Gibral to say uh, he's seen it. He has information. And that triggers the Italian Coast Guard, the Italian Navy to come save all 240, uh, not Syrian, but like Syrian refugees, but Libyan refugees. And then that starts the diplomatic process, because, of course, the U.S. want to interrogate this guy who claims to have seen the emir. All right, Julie. I mean, it was all the the clock was ticking. Really, there was a lot happening, wasn't there? Well, that but it was such a great dynamic because you do you do had they had to make a quick decision about whether or not to believe this guy, and he could have been bluffing. He's you know on a refugee ship. He's you know they'll they'll say anything, right? And then you now have to take responsibility for the two hundred and forty or sixty refugees that are on the a ship, and you've got to work with the Italians who maybe don't agree with you, and. Just, the clock is ticking, Leon. So it was it was an excellent dynamic, multifaceted, and those are the kind of problems that our girl, Madam Secretary, <laughs> likes to solve. It's true. It's true. And this time it's personal. But also this time her husband's in the room next door because now Henry is on this, you know, special team. All right, Leon, uh, stop, stop right there. Yeah. Can we talk about the room that they're working in? I know. Okay. I mean, really. okay, you have NCIS, you know, right. the very popular television right. show. When they have a big issue, they go to that MTAC room. Remember, you know, yeah. it's got, it's all high tech and yeah. they've got big screens and people yeah. are tapping on computers and they can bring in people from all over the place. That they're in a closet in the White House where Henry is now working. It's not even as good as law and order and SUV and the white and the whiteboard, you know? They have their suspects up, but I mean, they're just cramped in that little crummy space and they're supposed to track down the most wanted man in the world. How is that going to happen? In 20 minutes. In 20 minutes. I mean, Henry shows up at work and like four minutes later, he is like making world changing decisions. Like they're on it. They don't need to get up to speed. They don't need to be read in because apparently the people on that task force, the four of them are read in all the time. You know, we... And we, we get the setup very quickly. I mean, that's the writers had to do that. They set us up very quickly. We get the ex special ops guy. There's always one of those. He appears to be a tra- hair trigger and has some issues with Henry. And, and then Jane from uh, the DIA, she's in the teeny tiny room. Her desk is pushed up next to Henry's. I mean, really, I mean, that is just not productive the way they were trying to work. And they had binders everywhere, Leanne. It was very low tech in there. I don't know how they're. I don't know how they're supposed to catch this terrorist. And then we had, and then we had Mimi, who for some reason was making like no eye contact in that initial scene with Henry. I don't know if you noticed that. So no. I thought she was some sort of like computer whiz, like 
that, you know, with Asperger's syndrome, because that's a <laughs> character that you see all the time now. But no, it turns out she was a very nice analyst who could also interrogate. And we learned very quickly that she has a teenager and, you know, that she's been doing this a long time and she's a good negotiator. And it's a good thing we learned that quickly because within like 37 seconds, they send her off to interrogate uh, this Libyan guy from the ship. And and Mimi's a goner, man. <laughs> that I was know. really bad. That was that bad. was really. I know she's you know she's supposed to have expert skills and and negotiating and and inter- interrogating, and she went right in there and I, that was an awful scene. And it was Henry's first call because he made the decision. He felt like this person coming off the boat was was not a terrorist. That he was you know he wasn't radicalized and. Uh, uh, and maybe that was not the case. Maybe that was not the case. But in the we meantime, Madam Secretary is fighting the good fight for the refugees. Every live matters there. She wants to give asylum to the 240 people on the boat. Yes. That's when we hear the line, this is the U.S., not the U.N. And she's particularly getting pushback from a junior senator from Arizona. She's trying to keep this whole mission under the radar of the press, which seems very difficult to do. But, uh, you know, the, she's got her team working the phones. She's got Daisy. She's got Matt. She's got Blake. They're all working the phones, t- reaching out to senators who need to know, but asking them to that there are American lives at stake here. So please don't let anyone know. But the junior senator from Arizona sees it as an opportunity to kind of make a stand. He's going to go public with it. And that's Julie. That is when she says, I'm going to read you in. And oh, like, oh, why does that guy get to get read in? Come on. Leanne, this is our new life goal to get read in. Okay. <laughs> but she had to stop him because he was going to make grandstand. He was going to make a big deal. And it was really going to complicate her life. Right. But he doesn't quit. Even after being read in, he doesn't quit. And that's when Madam Secretary has to go to the power of the blue scarf. Have you noticed that she wears that blue color when she really needs to go deep with somebody? Yes, Leanne. I like that. And it's a magical scarf. So she goes in and she just shuts him down. Uh, He's about to sue the U.S. government and she shuts him down. She humiliates him and then she takes him aside and she does that low whisper that mothers are so good at. Yes. Like sotto voce, like, okay, if you do this, I am going to relocate all those refugees to the state of Arizona. And that's very effective. Yeah. Very effective tool. So she is able to move forward with their plan. They're going to send Mimi in. They're going to negotiate. They're going to, you know, interrogate uh, this guy, this Libyan from the boat. And as you said, very reminiscent of Zero Dark Thirty. Those, the scenes when you see, you know, the minute someone's like on a sat phone, they're yeah. dead. Like, right. <laughs> any character well, I, I mean, even on a the sat screening, phone. Even the screening for this refugee as they brought him in the car, I really felt like they did not screen under the uh, the car well. I didn't. I just, I felt like the security was really lax. From your experience watching movies about this? Yeah. Yes, Liam. Yes. From from the many, many times you've watched Zero Dark Thirty, you felt. Yes. I I mean, I felt like they really got up there with, you know, much tighter security. As soon as that car came through the gate, I was like, she's a goner. She's a goner. She's on the sat phone. We know just enough about her to care. We know she's a mother. She's been there a long time. She's not a fancy field agent. She's a good interrogator. We know Mimi is a goner. And sure enough, 
he he has a he has a he has a vest on a suicide vest and he blows everybody up and before he blows everybody up though he yells something right. and so uh this really hits henry hard because it was his call he didn't think the guy was radicalized he thought it was safe for Mimi to interrogate he thought he was really just doing it for the money and for the safety of his family that he didn't actually represent hs the terrorist organization and uh so he's searching he's searching for clues and he's watching the tape over and over and over again and all madam secretary wants to do is go to bed you know get a little action with henry really was obsessive about it (laughs) i think this whole episode henry was really just a wreck that's he was he was a wreck before he started the job and then as soon as he took the job he just he was a wreck it was uh, he couldn't cope with it leon i was really worried about him (laughs) so uh so he's watching the tape watching the tape and then something you know there's a trigger in the tape uh fortunately you know both madam secretary and henry speak arabic and that i find that when my husband and i bond over our shared knowledge of arabic it's very sexy, you know, when we do that. <laughs> hey, honey, come on over here and watch this. I know you know Arabic. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, it's but, they just, they, they're very power. It's a power couple, Liam. That's the thing. That's why they get read in on stuff. They, they do. They do. Because they have the, you know, they're multilingual. So, and they, this name that the guy yells is, and so he, he yells that name and Henry realizes that this is a name in Arabic and it could mean something. And so they gather the task force again in the closet in the West Wing. <laughs> really? <laughs> Got to get those people a better room. Okay. And, and with virtually no technology at all, that they discover that this name that he yells is probably, the, is most likely the wife the new wife, the third wife, the yes. young wife, the wife that is undercover uh, of the terrorist leader, uh, Gibral, and uh, that that is his vulnerability. And now they have maybe a way in to find this guy because they've discovered that he might actually love this third wife. So right. it's, uh, it's a huge break, Liam. It is. That, and only Henry and Madam Secretary could have uncovered this. Uh, so uh, that's very that's very good news for Henry. Yeah, it's excellent news because he was really feeling bad about Mimi, which, you know, I can <laughs> I can see that's a tough 48 hours on yeah. the job. But I think, Julie, as you mentioned, you know, he was only he was like 10 days ago that he he was in the hospital with radiation poisoning. Right. So jumping into this high stress task force, that's the post-traumatic stress disorder that we see manifested in Henry, like yes. the craziness. But we also got a dose of it at home, and I thought that was nice. So let's go now, Julie, to the domestic front, now that we've covered the international storyline, uh, because you said you're very excited about the new British boyfriend. It's like he's risen from the ashes of Downton Abbey. Didn't you I think know, that? I know. It's just he has that lovely, lovely accent. He's super cute. He's nice. Uh, he seems a little clueless. A little but, clueless. But, but that's okay, Leon. I, I would like a little romance. Uh, and. Uh, in Madam Secretary. And I think Stevie's ready for it. You know, she's, she's sort of mended her ways there. She's back on track and to have a cute boyfriend would be great. But first we get to see Elizabeth in action because we see her (laughs) cooking eggs. That was action, Leon. Okay. Keep that woman away from the stove. Okay. (laughs) First of all, she's going to set one of her blouses on fire. Right. I mean, that's because the tie is going to fly into the, it's going to fly into the flame, you know, into the scrambled eggs there. Yeah. And then she just hurls it onto a plate. 
I mean, it's not, it's not top chef. There's no one's timing this. Just, <laughs> just plate up the eggs. I mean, right. Right. She's not comfortable in the kitchen. Yeah. She's, that's, that, that's well yeah. established. She's okay. not comfortable. She's very comfortable with Arabic, very comfortable negotiating with, uh, you know, with senators, not comfortable cooking eggs. Uh, but you know, they're quizzing Stevie on the new boyfriend. They want, come on over, let, have dinner with the parents. And Elizabeth says, I'll cook. And then she pauses. She's like, okay, who's kidding who? Let's just order in. Yeah. Uh, so Stevie decides to cook risotto. And it's clear from the scene that we see with Stevie and the British boyfriend that Stevie has not told him about the bomb. But right? Uh, but, Leon, it seems impossible that that, that cute boy who, who apparently lives in Washington, D.C., would not be aware that a dirty bomb went off in Washington, D.C., and that perhaps if he opened his phone or his laptop or read a newspaper, he would notice that his girlfriend and his girlfriend's father were in the, were in the bomb. It, it did stretch credibility a little bit that he could be like, hey, how come you haven't called? And, <laughs> and she's like, oh, I've been busy. You know, you know. And maybe. what's up with that? Why is she pretending like, oh, don't mention it? Don't mention I was in a dirty bomb attack? Oh, is that the post-traumatic uh, stress syndrome? Th- that is. I think that's okay. what it is. Because she did say, like, I just didn't want to talk about it. I thought if it didn't talk about it, I, it would go away. Like, when she finally cracks, when she makes the terrible risotto, and her parents both don't show up for don't show up for dinner because they're both now busy at the White House. Now no one's home in that house. <laughs> and right. so, you know, because they have world crises to solve. And then, you know, the younger brother, Jason, is giving her grief about the risotto, which looked terrible, by the way. I mean, that did not look good. That risotto was hard to cook, I think. Yeah, it was a, a dangerous first meal to make, <laughs> no doubt. But I missed that part, Leanne, because I was screaming at the TV set when Stevie was playing hard to get with the cute boyfriend. I was like, <laughs> just answer his question. <laughs> No. And he, he, so finally she confesses, oh, by the way, my family and I, you know, that dirty bond incident. Yeah. My dad was in the hospital with radiation poisoning and we were there. It did strike me as odd, Julie. I mean, clearly they're both at Georgetown. I, I thought it was the law that those, you know, school of public policy, those people had to read the paper every day. He knows enough to bring flowers and dress in a shirt and tie for dinner. And yet he didn't know that the husband of the secretary of state was in a dirty bomb. Okay. All right. Maybe, maybe he was, I don't know, following the English premier league or something too closely. I, yeah, that's it. Man. You don't think he's a spy, do you? I hope not, Leon. I really <laughs> hope not. I just want a nice love affair. Can I have that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, he might be a spy. Yeah. It seemed that that's, it is a loose end, Liam, that yeah. we have to, we have to watch. Yeah. For. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was so unbelievable. The only reason could be like, well, of course he knew because he's a spy. And yeah. poor Stevie. She's, da- she's, uh, she's dated the heroin addict, the inappropriately <laughs> older man. And now yeah. she's dating yeah, She doesn't a spy. have a good track. She does not have so a good So he's track. probably a spy. You're right. Oh, okay. God. All right. Oh, okay. So, but this storyline moving forward, clearly we're going to stay on the trail of the terrorist and we're going to stay on the trail of the British boyfriend over the next couple of episodes. Julie, let us now talk about that blue dress that Madam Secretary was wearing. I mean, when she took off that coat and revealed that sheared blue dress with the slut, you should go get that immediately. You should. All right. That would look so good on you. Oh, thank you, Leanne. Yes. 
I mean, that was a beautiful, beautiful yeah. color blue. And uh, I loved everything about that dress. And yep. She's sitting on the side of her desk and she's got that dress working. Oh, I mean, yeah. that was a, that was a showstopper. I mean, literally I like stopped the show. I was like, look at that dress. So Julie, we're going to figure out, uh, maybe that website shop. The show will have that blue dress. I think you okay. should just order that immediately. That okay, navy blue me... would be good on you. I think that style yeah. is absolutely perfect for you. Uh, so other, we had the dress, we had the blue scarf and then. And, um, too many pants land. I have really? underlined. Yes. I don't like her going <laughs> you, to the white house. You underlined it too many pants. Yeah. Yes, I did land. It's underlined on my show notes. Okay. Okay. I do this kind of deep research for you, Leanne. Yeah. Too many p- slacks going to the white house. I didn't like it. I, I felt like she wasn't. She wasn't just, uh, you know, commandeering or commanding, you know, the attention that she needed uh, in the pants. She just, uh, she looked like dress down day uh, or casual Friday. And I I don't think that's how you should show up at the White House. Okay. You know, I don't really like the word slacks. So (laughs) I can see. (laughs) I think she should wear what she wants. But wait, I think it makes a statement when she pulls out the big gun dress because yes. she, she does, you know, she does have to wear slacks. Maybe it's cold there. We don't know. But Julie, let's make a note of that. And next week you monitor the slacks usage. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Too many pants. You heard it here first. All right. Uh, anything else to add? Any other random thoughts on the episode this week? Uh, Lynn, I think we did a good job with that. I think, uh, yeah, I had that dress. That was it. You did a good job. We're all set. We so still all... don't know how to pronounce the name of the episode. Ha la 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 la. It was a good one. It was a good just, one. We just need, you know, the writers to rewrite that woman's name to be like Adele. Okay. That's a good name that everyone knows. So maybe we'll give her a code name. Because we don't know how to say that. So, uh, all right. Uh, We are the Satellite Sisters. You can listen to more Satellite Sisters episodes at SatelliteSisters.com or find us on iTunes. We've been recording for 15 years. You'll find hundreds of episodes on iTunes. We do this TV recap. We just wrap the Downton Abbey recap. Uh, But we talk about all kinds of other things in in the world of news and sports and and travel. So uh, we would love to have you join us for all the Satellite Sisters podcasts. All right, You'll have a great week. You too, Leanne. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. Hi, Satellite Sisters. It's Leanne Dolan, and I want to take this time to thank Audible for their support of the Satellite Sisters podcast. That's right. If you love podcasts, you're going to love audiobooks or all the great products they have at Audible. They have over 180,000 titles. So if you haven't tried Audible yet, now's your chance. For a free 30-day trial, just use our special URL. It's audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. Audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. You'll find books there. You'll find courses there. You'll find other fantastic audio content. And the book that we want to recommend this month is brand new, just came out, and it's from one of the Satellite Sisters' favorites, Padma Lakshmi. You know her as the like drop dead gorgeous host of Top Chef, but she's also a cookbook author. She's a mother. She's the former wife of writer Salman Rushdie, and she has plenty of things to say about that in her new memoir, Love, Loss, and What We Ate. Now, it's also narrated by our girl Padma, and she does, does a wonderful 
kind of sexy personal job with the narration. So I think if you're a fan of Top Chef, if you're a fan of hers, you are really going to enjoy this. I remember when Padma came on Satellite Sisters and she was warm and gracious and lovely. And this memoir has elements of all of that, plus just a lot of honesty. I mean, have you ever wondered... What's it really like to be married to Salman Rushdie, a guy, you know, who's really wanted by people all over the world? It's a pretty fascinating look. Plus, there is food, 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 lots of food, as she traces her path from an immigrant from India to where she is now. A very complicated life in front of, uh, in front of the camera. The book is Padma Lakshmi's Love, Loss, and What We Ate, and it is our satellite sister's audible pick of the month of March. So if you want to try that as part of your free 30-day trial, here is the special URL, audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. Thanks, Audible, for supporting the Satellite Sisters podcast. And thanks, Satellite Sisterhood, for supporting the people that support us.